Welcome to Education Currents, a show designed to provide educational news and commentary from a Christian worldview. The greatest resource any community has is its children. And by providing for them the best possible education, we are providing for ourselves and future generations. Join us as we explore the latest social and political issues surrounding education today. Welcome, welcome. I'm here with Ray Young and Rick... Three syllables. Swaningson. Perfect. Swaningson. Yay! He's the president of Adventist World Aviation, and Ray is... I'm the global operations manager, and I manage the Canadian side of okay. Adventist World Aviation. So I can see why they didn't put that all on your name tag, yeah. because that's a pretty big mouthful. Well, when we hired Ray, we gave him an acronym. He's our global operations manager, which would make him here our GOM, or we refer to him as our GOM. <laughs> and uh, he said, I'm, I'm sure glad you didn't give me the title of global operations director, because that acronym wouldn't be so nice. Uh, <laughs> Too much pressure. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Very good. So let's talk about World uh, Adventist World Aviation, the history of it. Let's lay a little platform here. Sure. So you can begin. So Adventist World Aviation was started back in 1993. Uh, We were formulated and officialized in, uh, if if officialized is a word, uh, but we were formulated uh, uh, fully functional in 1995. Uh, the General Conference uh, back in 93 was watching our aviation department uh, dwindle. We were selling schools. We were losing mission projects one by one. Most of it was out of fear of loss. Um, you know, aviation is a misunderstood industry. Um, even though it is one of the most safest forms of travel, the layman doesn't understand that. And, and loss prevention officers were concerned about losing assets. Um, and so they were closing our schools uh, one by one by one by one by one and closing our mission uh, sites for fear of loss. Elder Falkenberg uh, made a decision to meet out at Andrews University. So he called his GC officers, and they came together, and they met out at Andrews University, had a meeting, and formulated Adventist World Aviation. Adventist World Aviation is to be a supporting ministry to the General Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church and its entities, supporting all the work. But because it's a separate ministry outside of that uh, envelope of the GC, that we could now operate on our own insurance, on our own hind legs, if you will, uh, without uh, fear of loss of the church. And the church was comfortable with that. And so we were established for the church by the church. Wow. So as a, you know, it's interesting because even talking to like Maranatha, they started out as Maranatha Flight. And so there was a connection there. That's right. Well, Don Noble is the president of, uh, of Maranatha, and, and he was actually a uh, fighter pilot. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, he, was, he was my Bible teacher uh, back when I was uh, going to uh, Minneapolis Junior Academy when I was just a kid. And, and so I was always fascinated by listening to his stories as a former fighter pilot. And, and, yes, uh, yeah. great connection. Yeah. And, and taking that talent and using it for God. So Canada, when did Canada come into the picture? Uh, we've been... Uh, we started with uh, deploying uh, about 10 years ago to Guyana, and then when he came home, he didn't know what to do, so uh, AWA reached out to him and, and said, why don't you start running a program in Canada? And so he's been, he had been doing that for, what, five, six years now, and then he moved on to another areas of uh, life, and uh, Pastor Rick uh, 
reached out to me and said, Ray, we got an opening. Are you willing to fill it? And I said, well, I'm running a pretty successful uh, aviation aircraft maintenance business right now in Canada. But I just felt we prayed about it and felt the calling from the Holy Spirit that this is what we're to do. So that very day, we just shut all of our business and made some customers real mad and um, moved into serving the Lord. So what does Canada do as far as, how does it look, aviation and ministry? in can- Is it in Canada or is it just serving other well, countries from Canada? I, I think I can answer that. Um, to back up a little bit of what happened in Canada, why we, why we have a, a separate office in Canada. Yes. That's so we were AWA Global. So we were, you know, everything yeah. that's, that goes on in the world that's Adventist World Aviation is Adventist World Aviation run out of the U.S. corporate headquarters. Um, when 9-11 hit, the U.S. blamed Canada for training the terrorists that, that hit the tower. Oh. So that created a barrier between the U.S. and Canada. So there was a, a little bit of a struggle there. When we had missionaries that wanted to go from Canada into the field, um, we had to set up a separate institution up in Canada because no longer... It used to be there was reciprocity. If you donated money to uh, a Canadian charity, you could take that off on your taxes. And if the Canadians, in, in return, when they would donate money to a, a U.S. charity, um, they could take their you know their tax advantage off of that 9-11 changed everything and now it's required that we have there were some other mitigating factors but 9-11 changed a lot of that and as a result of that now we have to have a totally separate office so when our missionary did come home we opened up an office in canada it was established by awa global we set up a board up there we set up a an entire separate what we would call in the u.s a 501c3 uh, it's a, called a charitable organization up in Canada. So we set that whole thing up there. As a result, Canada also, being part of the U.S. global uh, or global operations, they support every project that we have in the field. So every project that we have in the field, uh, like in Guyana, so we operate in about 11 different, uh, 11 different sites in five, different co- in five continents. And so both U.S. and Canada raise funds for each one of those projects. But incidentally, we also have uh, a specific missionary process up in Canada that serves the First Nations uh, or First Nation people uh, up in Canada, which is the equivalent to the American Indian here in the U.S. Yeah, and and another uh, base that we have, the U.S. has blocked our ability to send money directly to that country, where Canada hasn't. So we're able to still deploy missionaries from Canada and pay them and get the money to them that they need uh, to run the project through Canada, Whereas if they were just strictly an American organization, we wouldn't be able to help them and we wouldn't be serving the people in that country right now. So we work with the Ontario Conference up there to serve the First Nation people uh, in, in Ontario. We also have a similar project up in Alaska. Um, in Alaska and in northern Canada, conditions are very much the same. There's a 500 times more likely that you would be a, a victim of suicide. So people mm-hmm. that live in the indigenous nations, you're 500 times more likely to kill yourself. Um, and, the, and the straightforward answer, most people say, well, it's because of light deprivation because, you know, you're, it's dark, you know, and it's just... Like, Lack of vitamin D. Vitamin <laughs> D. And, and that does play a role, certainly, but that's not it. Um, most of it is when we went in, and I say we, North American, uh, went in, not indigenous people, when, it, when we take a person's livelihood away... And we say, you can't do that anymore. And now we will, we will pay for everything that you do. Uh, we'll give you food stamps. We'll give you all, yeah. the, all your needs, entitlements. What ends up happening is 
Uh, you know, there's an old saying if you go to marriage counseling. Um, the old saying is, a, "A man is happiest when he's productive." Yes. And and uh, a woman is, is is productive when she's happy. My wife tells me all the time, "She's a honey, <laughs> I'm not very productive today." <laughs> that's that's a cue to me to say, you know, what happens is when when you have your livelihood taken away from you, you you, you revert to drinking. And that's what they do. That's their, what, what are they going to do? They don't do anything all day. They're not work, they don't have to work because they get all their needs, you know, and so they sit around and drink, drink and drug. Well, the next thing you know, you get a Christian coming in, non-Adventist Christian comes in and says, hey, you know, when you die, you go right to heaven. It's a better place. And so, you know, well, I just commit, kill myself. I'm depressed anyway. And all I'm doing is getting drugged out and drinking out. And so they, the, the suicide rate is just awful. So we go in there and, and we try to get them engaged in some livelihood. And so we have a, uh, in, in Sioux Lookout uh, in Ontario, Canada, uh, as well as in northern Alaska, all throughout Alaska, uh, we are working with the, the Native people of America. So that's where, that's where Canada comes in. Yeah, and the health message really plays into this, right? If you can get people uh, thinking about healthier eating and healthier lifestyle and helping them with their diabetes, because obviously their diet is uh, really leans towards sugars and things like that that lead to diabetes, and we all know, uh, you know a healthy body is a healthy mind. Now once your mind starts working better, life doesn't look quite so bad. That's and then true. you start feeling productive. And so then if we can engage them in more productive activities and hopefully eventually get them into a bit of outreach in that themselves. Because we all know from doing outreach that there's a huge reward uh, mentally and physically uh, in reaching out and helping somebody mm-hmm. else rather than thinking about boo-hoo, yeah. poor me, right? That's absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, prevention education yeah. is... We say young people have to serve in order to be, prevent them from going into aberrant and Absolutely. drug abuse and things like that. And even now, the states make it a requirement that every student has so many hours of community service before they graduate. And it's their attempt and their realization that that is the best way to prevent drug abuse and aberrant behaviors and things like that. So... Going back to Canada, are you are you a bush pilot? I am. Yep. I never <laughs> met a bush pilot before. <laughs> That's all I know. That's all there is. <laughs> Sticks and trees and water. Ray's, Ray's a qualified commercial pilot, but yeah. uh, he is he is right about that. He's uh, he's a bush pilot, That's and he doesn't mind having that. I didn't know if that was the appropriate term. Sure. Yeah. No. When I finished my commercial uh, training and stuff like that, I went into flying floats for fishing lodges and wow, stuff like so that. You, so you've I've been up in those the airplanes that go absolute, land on the water. Absolute northeast corner of Alberta in Canada was the the lodge that I flew out of into a tiny little community, northern community up there. So yeah, very very rural and a lot well, of fun. I flying. know I know a school that is looking for an airplane because they have an aviation program and they are teaching their children, their students to become mission-oriented. It's not for commercial, but to, yeah. to become yeah. mission-oriented. We, we know that school. It's Oklahoma Academy. <laughs> and and uh, Cliff, Clifton, uh, Cliff Brooks is a good friend of ours. And yeah. we're actually participating in helping him try to find that plane. So yeah, we hope so that. We, hope we, can, that. It, we can embed a little plea here. That's to right. Yeah. Just he, add it to he's it. been pleading with us already several times uh, <laughs> this week. And absolutely, that's part of our uh, agenda, right, is to help promote and uh, encourage and support any of these programs anywhere we can, right? Right, because 
you know, we're not getting any younger. The young people will probably carry the, you know, the world to its conclusion as we know it, and they need to be trained. So praise the Lord. Well, we've got to take a break right here, but when we come back, I want to talk about specific things that young people need to learn and need to do and need to start practicing now so that someday they can serve the Lord through the aviation ministry. So we'll be right back. You've been listening to Education Currents. Be sure and like us on our Education Currents Facebook page and consider joining MRG Media in this radio ministry. You can call us anytime at 301-824-3162. That's 301-824-3162. Or write to MRG Media at P.O. Box 413, Smithsburg, Maryland, 21783. That's P.O. Box 413, Smithsburg, Maryland, 21783. Welcome back. I'm here with Adventist World Aviation, and I'm here with Rick Swanningson and Ray Young. Rick is the president of Adventist World Aviation, and Ray Young heads up the Canadian division. And we were just talking about, you know, the overarching or overall program, but we want to get into specifics because young people are interested in flying today. They're also interested in ministry. So let's say, you know, where do they begin? What should they do to make sure that they're prepared to take on this type of a vocation? Well, I think it starts with uh, that calling, you know. For me personally, it started around the fifth grade. My uh, school teacher started building airplanes with me, model airplanes, then free flight airplanes, and control uh, airplanes. And we had airplane competitions at recess time to see who could build the better plane and, and outfly the other guy. And, uh, and that's just kind of when the, the bug for airplanes and that bit me. And, of course, being in the system and, and you know, the Adventist system and talking about it, missions is just a natural thing, you know. So all my life, I had always desired to uh, be a mission pilot. And everything, everything I learned, everything I did, all had that little thought in the back of my head, well, this will serve me well as a mission pilot, right? So just flying the airplane is only the small aspect. So, uh, yeah, the, the passion started uh, kind of early for me. And everything that you kind of do as you grow up, you know, I took woodworking, I took welding, I took mechanics. You know, you take all these different things. And there is no carbon copy perfect mission aviation pilot, right? God takes the raw materials of what you bring to the table. The more you bring to that table, obviously, the more he has to work with. And with me, I've uh, just added... So until I got my calling, uh, you know, I just kept adding and adding to my portfolio of skills and talents and abilities I had. And, you know, there was times where I was wondering, was God ever going to, you know, take me and utilize me? But uh, 
that that's kind of the key is not only with your flight training is to try to add as many extra things as you can that are interesting to you because what you're interested in you're going to learn that much better and when you're in the field you have to be fairly i hate to say self-reliant because we are reliant upon god but you have to have talents that can help you get out of difficult situations with very little resources so the more things you can learn that uh, will help you in those situations, obviously the, the more comfortable and better you're going to be serving out in the field. So we want some stories. You know, it sounds, and it is exciting to go up in the air and to fly, and you've talked about how it's really safe, but yet there was a fear of loss, and and that is because, you know, gravity and all of those mm-hmm. things that go with it. And but it if a man if a man were meant to fly, he'd have wings, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But so we, I would like a, a story to kind of sure. put a young person into a, a frame of mind of seeing themselves in that. Well, that's one of the things that we, of course, we're involved heavily into education. Um, you know, we have Thunderbird Academy also, which is our premier academy for flight training. And, you know, we need our prayers out there, too. We have uh, an aircraft out there that we yes. need to support and kids were getting up in the air. So, um, in fact, we have a saying uh, in AWA, we teach kids a better way to get high. <laughs> that is, we teach kids a better way to get high. Yeah. Uh, of course, when, when somebody gets on the airplane, if they've never flown before, you can kind of tell. They're, you know, they're white-knuckling the seats, and they're, you know, they're nervous. And, and I usually, you know, when, when I'm flying them, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll sing a little song as I'm taking off. And, uh, you know, the old song I sing is, you know, the old World War II song. Up we go into the wild blue yonder. Da, 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 da. And, 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 they're, and they're looking at me like, well, you're supposed to be flying a plane. You're not supposed to be having fun. I'm smiling. I'm having a good time. And, I, and as we take off, I said, by the way, you know, the, the, the worst part of the, the most dangerous part of the flight is well over with. They said, well, we have just barely taken off. I said, oh, no, it's not the takeoff. And they said, well, what is it then? And so I said, what was the drive to the airport? <laughs> And I said, when we get all done, the second most dangerous part of the flight will be ending uh, when you leave the airport. And they said, well, what's that? I said, that's the drive home from the airport. So those are the two most, as literally, though, those yes. are the most two dangerous portions of flying that there is. Uh, you know, Ray was talking about, uh, you know, missionary pilots. Some, you know, most missionary pilots, most pilots, period, are, are good MacGyver tools. And that's the way he, I yeah. like that. You yeah. know, that's, that was his statement. I'm robbing that from Ray. Uh, but he said that earlier. He was talking to somebody, talking about how, how not every pilot is a, a full-on MacGyver tool, but most of them are very qualified in these areas, and our pilots do an awesome work. The, one of the most recent incidents, now we, this is a really common story. This just happened in, in Nicaragua here, oh, several weeks ago. We had a kid that was bit. He was probably eight, seven, eight years old, bit by a venomous snake. Mm. He was going to die. Um, there was no hope for him. So we got the call. Can you come save this kid's life? Well, which meant that we picked him up, met him back into the hospital where they give him the anti, anti-venom. And so um, we couldn't get permission to land at the airport. Mm. And so one of our pilots got to do what he calls every pilot's dream. And it, and it is every pilot's dream to be able to, you know, do something right away and save this kid's life. So he says, well, I can't land at the airport. They won't, you know, the military wouldn't give him permission because they're worried about drug running and they weren't mm-hmm. sure that they were going to get shot down. And so there was just some real heavy politics that were, were involved at this, at this mission site. And it was in, in um, Central America. And um, so he got permission to overfly the airport and chuck a package out the window. And the package he was able to chuck out the window was the anti-venom. So he prepared. He was able to throw the anti-venom out the window. As they were taken off, 
They saw the families there surrounding the package. They checked out the window. And the families took pictures, sent them uh, the pictures of them injecting the kid with the antivenom. Of course, the, the child's life was saved, and then we were able to go in there the next day, take them, take them to the hospital and finish up. But we saved that kid's life. And so this is all too common. We're saving lives every day uh, from governors of, of uh, communities um, to children's lives to uh, geriatric uh, you know, patients mm-hmm. that, are, that are having uh, whatever issues they are with heart disease or whatever. We're taking and saving their lives. Um, and 90% of what we do is life-saving stuff uh, in third-world countries. We look at it this way. If we do the work that Jesus did, 99% of the work that he did while he was on this earth was saving lives mm-hmm. and ministering to those that were sick and suffering. Mm-hmm. On the back end, they say, well, why would you do this for us? We're able to say because Jesus loves you. And so that opens the door for us to do Bible studies with them. Now we're working on their eternal life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's important to save our lives, you know, physically on this earth but spiritually we're able to save their spiritual lives for eternity and that's what we're here for we save people one at a time every day amen Amen. well ray i want you to share a story too before we go out so well it's a story i wasn't involved in but it's one that really kind of touched me a few years ago and it was about a tour bus traveling in one of these third world countries in fact i think it's very close to uh to where this uh snake thing happened but this was even before. Oh, that's I, in I South even, America. Yeah, I know yeah. the one you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the tour bus is driving down the road. So we all think, oh, we're tourists. We're safe. You know, we're North Americans. We're doing okay. And the driver goes off the road and oh rolls my, the bus yeah. down the mountainside. Oh. And a lot of lives are lost and a lot of people are banged up. And you're in the middle of nowhere. This is a muddy, slippery road. No communities nearby. No vehicles or anything. Somebody happened to know about our mission aviation base. So they managed to get word out to the Mission Aviation Base. They came up with their Jeep and started hauling these injured North Americans down to their mission base, loading them on their airplane, and as soon as it was daylight, they were able to get them to the hospital and save their lives. Wow. So we aren't just saving lives for people in third world countries, but tourists that could be on holidays and get seriously injured. Most of these people would have for sure died. There's no way they would have survived 24 hours out there in that environment if it wasn't for that. So we encourage you to go to the website. It's flyawa.org. I looked at it first and thought it was fly away, but it's flyawa. And for every $365... A life is saved. That's a very small amount right. of money. A dollar a day saves a life for every three. It yes. costs us about a, a, yes. that flight I just told you about. Mm-hmm. That snake. Bite, it was a three hundred sixty. Basically, a three. By the time you add all mm-hmm. the costs up, it was about three hundred sixty-five dollars to do those flights. So, for a dollar a day saves a life with yes. AWA. And we and often spend in North America more than that on absolutely. our pets. Yep, that's right. So, not that I'm saying for anybody to get rid of their pets. No, no, just, I understand. I just spent $1,500 on my dog to have a hysterectomy today. She had <laughs> ovaries that needed to be removed or something. I don't yeah. know. So, yeah, we do. So, when you compare it to that, you know, our yeah. pets are important uh, and lives are important. Human lives are important. In That's fact, right. we, we actually get that a lot of times. Oh, you're you're the people that, because we talk about angel flights. Says, oh, yeah. you're the people that do angel flights. You've saved lives for dogs and cats. And so, no, we, we save humans. Yeah, <laughs> we care about our dogs and <laughs> yeah. cats. Yes, but yeah, yes. Yeah. And we save humans. Yeah. Well, I'm talking with Rick Swaningson, the president of Adventist World Aviation, and I'm talking with Ray Young, who is the Canadian counterpart. We've been discussing 
the wonderful ministry that our aviation has done for a number of years now, the lives that we have saved. We hope everyone will go to their website. And I just thank both of you gentlemen for spending this time with us. Thank you. Thank we have you. one last thing to say, and that is God bless. God thank you so bless. much. Amen. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Education Current, a production of MRG Media Ministries. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com. Dot com.